Good morning, everyone. We are so glad that you're here to worship with us online this morning. Uh, as you notice, it's Christmas in July still. We have Christmas stockings here. Uh, if you have picked up a Christmas stocking uh, at the church, you can bring that back this Thursday uh, from 3 to 6. And these stockings go to the Salvation Army, so kids will have Christmas gifts. If you forgot to pick up a stocking, call the church office. We'll make sure you get one to fill up. Uh, also, we have some exciting meetings happening this Tuesday at 4 o'clock. We have Trustees 5 um, Finance and at 6 Board of Stewards. And those are all going to be on go-to meetings. Uh, so we'd love to have you for those. Uh, also, we have some upcoming awesome back-to-school social distancing uh, events coming for kids and youth. So stay tuned. That information is going to be coming soon. Uh, if you are not a part of the amazing online Sunday school class that we have at 10, you might want to join that. Uh, it's led by Ken Casey, and if you need help signing up for that or getting logged into that, just message the church right now. We would love to get you set up. Uh, we have church in this beautiful sanctuary. You can come to service on Thursday at 5.30 in person. Um, masks are required, but it's a great service. Uh, Mosaic is Tuesdays at 6.30. We've been meeting outside. And Sundays, we are online. You don't want to mi miss any of those services either. Um, would you write something in the comments so we know who is worshiping with us this morning? And would you, in the comments, name a teacher that we can be praying for? Let's be praying for our teachers as school's getting ready to start back. Uh, I, I want to say a special prayer for Hannah Murray, who is going to be uh, teaching for her first year and uh, starting virtually online. So that's a challenge for so many teachers to be praying for them. Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Loving God, this morning we lift up all of the, our teachers, uh, some who will be teaching in person, some who will be teaching online. Uh, loving God, we pray that you will be with them. Um, we pray that right now during this time that you will help us focus on you. And we pray that uh, you will speak to us this morning through the message and through the songs. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Will you join us in the affirmation of faith? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he arose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. morning. I want to welcome you to our service today and thank you for joining us in worship. And I want to also thank you for your generous support of your church. Without you, we could not be able to do what we
that are going to try to adapt and improvise this fall award so that our children can learn and so that we can uh, make the best out of this situation for each church that's struggling right now, for each person that's struggling. Send your grace, Lord, and teach us to pray the prayer that you taught your disciples when you said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Uh, thank you so much, Ezra and Benny and JT for the music. One of my favorite things about this church, and, and I feel blessed every day that I get to be a part and work with people that I get to work with every day, and this is a great church, and music is a wonderful part of it. I'm glad that you're getting to, to worship with us today, and I want to ask you right now if you'll turn with me in your Bibles to Romans chapter 8, verses 26 through 39. Romans, the 8th chapter, verses 26 through 39. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought. But the very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words, and God, who searches the heart, knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We know that all things work together for good. For those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, in order that he might be the firstborn within a large family. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not withhold his own son, but gave him up for all of us, will he not with him also give us everything else? Who will bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies, who is, who, who is to condemn. It is Christ Jesus who died, yes, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who intercedes for us, who will separate us from the love of Christ, will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Somebody was telling me one time about a trip that they made to Moscow. And on that trip, they went to an old bookstore and they found uh, a book about Vladimir Lenin. And this book was written back before Glasnost came to the Soviet history books. And so anyway, in this book, it said that Vladimir Lenin, the father of the Soviet Union, never made a mistake. He never made a bad decision, uh, never messed up in any way, never made a single bad decision, never made a mistake. And I thought, wow, incredible. We all believe that, don't we? Wink, wink. Uh, we, we know that's not right. Uh, I guess we know that's right, not right because we all are, are prone to make mistakes. 
Well, I, I won't speak for everybody. Uh, would you just like raise your hand or put something in the comment section if I'm not the only one who, who makes mistake? I, I guess I've met a few people in my life who think that they're perfect and they, they never make a mistake. But for the most part, we all know that we're flawed human beings and we're fallen and we are prone to messing up, right? Including preachers. I mean, I don't like to speak for Pastor Andy, uh, but I'll just say that I'm not perfect. Or How about you? He's, he's like, well, maybe. Um, this past Wednesday in my Bible study on the Gospel of John, we studied John chapter 8. By the way, you can join us uh, on Wednesday nights at 6 o'clock if you want to. We studied chapter 8 last week. And the first part of the Gospel of John chapter 8 is the story of Jesus teaching in the temple and scribes and Pharisees bring to him uh, a woman whom they say has been caught in adultery. And while they have this woman there in front of Jesus, they say the law of Moses say that she's supposed to be stoned. They all had, they all had stones in their hands, right? They said the law of Moses say that she's supposed to be stoned to death. What do you say, Jesus? And Jesus bent down and started writing on the ground. He started writing uh, in the dust with his finger. And then he looked at them and he said this. He said, let anyone among you who is without sin be the first one to throw a stone at her. Anyone who's without sin, anyone who doesn't have a single fault, anyone who's never made a mistake, anyone who's totally blameless, let that person be the first one to throw the stone. The old Soviet history book might tell us that Vladimir Lenin could have thrown the first stone, but we know better than that, don't we? And the people with Jesus in John chapter 8, the scribes and Pharisees, they knew better than that too, because it says that each one of them, one by one, from the youngest to the oldest, laid their stones down and then they walked away and we would have had to do the same thing too yes we're fearfully and wonderfully made Psalm 139 tells us yes we're made in the image of God and God said his creation was good but we know that we are prone to open our mouth and to put our foot in our mouth we're prone to have faults we all have weaknesses we just do I know how weak that I am. And in in fact, there are days that I don't even know what to say when I'm trying to pray to God. It's like I know what's on my heart. I know what's on my mind. And I, I just say, God, you're just going to have to help. I can't even pray. I can't even pray. Do you ever have days like that? Days that are so hard and, and pain that's so deep that you just, I don't know, you open your mouth and a groan comes out and that's it. That's where our freedom comes in and the freedom I'm going to talk about today. All month long in July, we've been talking about freedom. and We've talked about freedom to lay our burden down, freedom to change, freedom to, I don't know, freedom to pull weeds or not pull weeds. And then today we're talking about freedom to ask. We are free to ask God for help even when we don't know what to say, even when we don't know how to put it into words. Now, how does that work? How do we ask God for something even if we don't know how to put it into words? Works like this. 
When we say yes to Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. And the Holy Spirit of God communes directly with God with groans too deep for words. And God the Father understands the groans that are coming from inside of us from the Spirit because the Spirit always prays according to the will of God. And so sometimes when we pray and we just sit there silently and sometimes when we pray it just comes out as tears. And sometimes when we do say words the best that we could do is Lord help me. I know that's not very eloquent. I know it's not very churchy sounding, but it doesn't have to be. You know, we don't have to have everything organized and present a logical argument to communicate with God. Why? Why? Because it's all about the one who hears our prayer and not about us who say the prayers. You see, God is strong. We are weak, but God is strong. I saw a, a quote this week from Max Lucado that I really liked, and it goes like this. He, he wrote, Our prayers may be awkward. Our attempts may be feeble. But since the power of prayer is in the one who hears it and not in the one who says it, our prayers do make a difference. The power of prayer is not in the one who says it, it's in the one who hears it. And that's God. And we are free to ask God because of who God is. And prayer does make a difference because of the one who hears our prayer. This is the very character of God, and that's what this all boils down to. And that's why we're free to ask. God wants us to ask. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said famously, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. He goes on to say that if we human parents know how to give good things to our human children as messed up as we are, then surely God, our Heavenly Father, God will give the good things that we need and that we ask him for. Hebrews 4 says that we can boldly come before the throne of grace. We don't have to hesitate. We don't have to wonder if God loves us, if God wants us to ask. God wants us to ask and wants us to ask with boldness, not because of how wonderful we are, but because of how awesome God is, because of the character of God, whose very posture toward us is always redeeming love. So that's how we ask. The Holy Spirit helps us when we don't know what to say. And why we ask, why we keep on asking, even if we don't know what to say, the right words, is because God is for us. Did you notice that in the scripture that we just read? Uh, God is for us and God loves us so much. How much is God for us? How much does God love us? Well, Romans 8.32, we just read, said, He who did not withhold his own son, but gave him up for all of us, will he not with him also give us everything else? That's how much God is for us. That's how much God loves us. I don't know about you, but... I think uh, I might have sweated more this week than I 
I have been a long time. It's so hot and it's so muggy. And welcome to Alabama in July, right? Uh, but I remember when I was a kid being at my grandmother's and running around out in the yard and playing and being so hot and being so sweaty that my face would just be red and my hair would just be soaking wet with sweat. And I would come in and I was so thirsty. And I would go in the kitchen and my grandmother had this um, big enamel bucket of, of cool water that she'd drawn from the well. Uh, now, my grandmother had indoor plumbing and everything at this time. She didn't growing up, of course, but she did at this time. But she always kept a bucket of cold water that she drew from the well. The well was deep and the water was always cool and it always tasted wonderful. And that's what I was craving. It had a gourd dipper in there, by the way. And if you're really from the country, you know what a gourd dipper is. So um, I wanted some water. I, I was too little to reach the bucket with the water. And so I went and asked my grandmother. I said, Mama, can I have some of your water? And my grandmother looked at me and she said, Oh, honey, if I only had a cup of water, I'd give it to you. And she took me into the kitchen and she picked me up and she sat me on the counter by that bucket. And I drank that cool water as much as I could hold while my grandmother stood there and smiled at me the whole time. Now, why do I tell you a story like that? I tell you that story because God loves you like that. God is for you like that. God wants you to ask like that. Sometimes when we ask, um, we don't always get the answer that we want, do we? Uh, so what do we do in that case? What do we do when we ask God and we don't get the answer that we want? So I have a trick question for you today. And I'm just telling you in advance it's a trick question, okay? Are you ready? Okay, here's the trick question. Does God answer every prayer? That's the trick question. So I can, I can see you. I really can't see you. But I know that you're probably saying yes or nodding your head or you're like, uh, I don't know. But the answer is yes. God does answer every prayer. It's just that we don't always like the answer. Oh, we like the answer when it's yes. Sometimes our prayers line up with the will of God and with the timing of God. And we receive what we ask for and woohoo, yay, we love that. We love that. But sometimes the answer is no. Uh, if you know what if you're a parent or uh, you're a teacher or you've got nieces and nephews or you take care of little kids you know don't you you know that you can't always say yes to your little darlings why because sometimes they ask you for things that would hurt them sometimes they ask you for things that they're not ready for and they don't even know what they're asking for sometimes and so you have to say no because you love them. Not because you're trying to be mean, but because you love them. And we know, look, we know it's not good parenting to say yes all the time. What happens when a child gets a yes answer every time they go to their parent? Well, at the very least, you have a spoiled brat, don't you? That's not really the way to love children. 
And that's not the way God loves us. God loves us too much to give us a yes answer to every prayer. So sometimes the answer is no. And sometimes, whew, boy, I hate this. But sometimes the answer is wait. And we don't like to wait, do we? We just want it like right now. And we kind of expect it right now. And the truth is, we got to let go of that expectation for instant anything. We just got to let go of that. We got to let go of the thought that we can get through life without stumbling and without having pain and without suffering and without waiting. We've got to let go of that. We've got to let go of our need to understand everything. We don't and we won't. Because some things are just beyond, just beyond our understanding. Sometimes life is just is difficult in a way that we can't predict and we just don't know and we don't understand. And we don't understand in the same way that a child doesn't understand what goes on sometimes. And a child may not understand why their parent says no or why their parent says, you're going to have to wait on this. Or why their parents allow them to fall down and, and scrape their elbows and their knees instead of always catching them. There's a little book that I really like and I recommend to you. It's called The Will of God by Leslie Weatherhead. It's an old book, but it's helpful. And in there is an illustration that I find strange and helpful. I mean, I know some people like that that are strange and helpful. But this illustration is kind of strange and helpful. In this book, he's, uh, Leslie Weatherhead says, imagine that there was a convention of babies and toddlers and that somehow babies and toddlers could all get to this convention and they all could communicate with each other and they all could just travel there. And so you've got a big convention center and full of babies and toddlers and they're all talking back and forth with each other. And, and the baby chairman uh, gets up and comes to the little microphone and straightens his bib and says, ladies and gentlemen, I propose to you that our parents do not love us. Just look at my scraped knees. Look at how scraped and red my elbows are. Look at this boo-boo that I have on my head. Obviously, my parents don't love me. And look, your knees and your elbows are, are, all have boo-boos on them. And so obviously, none of our parents care for our well-being. Thunderous applause from the baby little chubby hands. And so the chairman then says, I'm ready now to entertain a motion. Does anyone have a motion they'd like to make? And then a little chubby baby raises her hand and says, Mr. Chairman, I move that we protest the carelessness of all of our parents. And I move that we demand that in the future, none of the furniture in the house have any kind of sharp edge on there that we could bump into and that on the outside, all asphalt and abrasive material be done away with, be banished, and that the claws of all cats and all dogs be removed from their paws so we never get scratched up again. And the chairman says, all in favor, aye. And 
Everybody says, I, and there's thunderous baby applause. I know, I know. This is, this is kind of silly. It's kind of a, a strange illustration. But it's also kind of the way that we do God sometimes. When, when life hurts us and we don't understand what's going on, sometimes we look at God and say, God, don't you love me anymore? God, have you just gone away on vacation? Can't you see I'm hurting here? God, don't you know that I'm on a deadline here? I need the answer to my prayer right now. We don't always like the answer that we get from God. Even though we're free to ask, we don't always like the answer. Because God is God and we're not. But here's what I think that we've got to do. Here's what I think we've got to do whenever we don't like the answer that God gives us. We need to remember that although life is painful and it hurts sometimes... And although we live in a world that seems unfair and we know is fallen, although all of that stuff is true, God is always good. God is good. And remember I said that this all boils down to the character of God. We trust that God is always good and that God is always love and always will be. And then secondly, we remember that God is with us. No matter what, no matter if we feel like God is far away, God is with us. That beautiful passage from Romans 8, 38 and 39, I read just a few minutes ago. For I'm convinced that neither life nor death, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Pastor Andy did a youth devotion this week and he imagined how we might say that today in contemporary language and he said something like this. I don't know if he said it exactly this way, but we could say, I'm convinced that neither pandemic nor politics nor fear of the future nor regret from the past nor pain in the present nor quarantine nor face masks nor canceled gatherings, nothing will be able to separate us from God. From the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. And then maybe one more thing. Maybe one more thing we have to do when we don't like the answer we get from God. Is just to remember that God can bring something good even out of something painful. That's what Romans 8.28 is all about. Romans 8.28 is one of those famous verses. It's kind of a pop verse. But it gets misquoted sometimes and, and people misunderstand and, and they think that it means that all things are always good for those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. But that's not what it says at all. It says all things work together for good. All things means all things, even painful things, even bad things. All things work for, even those limbo times when we have to wait, all of that stuff works together for good. Now that doesn't mean that God causes bad stuff, but it means that sometimes when bad things happen, 
Sometimes when we make bad decisions and we reap the consequences of our decisions, that God is even able to use that. See, God loves us so much that God gives us the freedom to choose and the freedom to ask. I don't know what you're going through right now or where you are in your journey, but I want you to know that you're free to ask God for help even in those times when you don't know what to say. And God is going to hear you and understand because God speaks the language of silence and God speaks the language of tears. We're free to ask. We're free to ask even knowing that sometimes the answer is not going to be the one that we want, but trusting that the answer is always going to come from a God who is for us and a God who loves us. And, who God, and a God who can take something bad and take a mess and turn it into something beautiful. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for being the God that you are, the God who is for us, the God who loves us, the God who hears our prayers even when we can't put them into words, and the God who can take our worst mess and turn it into something beautiful and work it for our good. We trust you today, God. Even when we're in the waiting, we trust you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our closing hymn today is number 451, Be Thou My Vision. Uh, if you know this hymn, then sing along with us. Even if you're at home, even if you're singing by yourself, even if you're singing off-key, you can still sing and let the dog howl with you. Uh, but let this be a song from your heart to God's heart. Be thou my vision.
And now as you go into a brand new week, remember this. God is with you. God is for you. And God is working, even now, everything for your good because you love God and you're called according to his purpose. Now go in peace. Amen.